There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. An Erio's original. And welcome to Web Crawlers, the podcast where we do a deep dive into some of our favorite mysteries. Each week, we will introduce our topic, lay out our research and findings, reveal some conspiracy theories, and conclude with our own hypothesis. I'm Allie Siegel. I'm Melissa Stetton. And where in the world is producer Maria? We got another song. It's it like literally sounds like I thought it was. Coldplay or something or Mumford and Sons. It's so good. It's the same dude who sent us a song like a year ago that we were playing for the intro for a yeah. while. Web crawlers. <laughs> do, do, do. It's so there good. It is. No one here believes us. you got lost in the dark web or Pangea. <laughs> we all miss you and wish again to see
like haunting haunting and you know who it's out it's like the sh- it's very like 2004 it's like the shins like the shins it's very the shins like it's very um garden state soundtrack yeah i mean yes we should redo the garden state soundtrack with just songs about maria fantastic thank you so much for that that's amazing yes melissa who are our patrons for this week we have savannah siobhan mckenna rachel and colby and guys it's finally happening we have (laughs) we actually have some interviews uh coming up with john tenney some amazing witches who are pu- pu- published authors. Uh, I'm going to mispronounce his last name because I don't know how to pronounce it. I have to ask him. Matt Arn. Uh, he's the author of Psychic Witch, who is one of my favorite uh, books. He's going to come on. Ooh. Devin Hunter, another incredible witch. Uh, my friend September West is going to come on to talk about like Nostradamus, the apocalypse, the earth shift. That's a great name, September West. I know. Isn't that incredible? Writer John Ryman Ryman has a new podcast coming out on iHeartRadio about WWE wrestlers. And he's going to come on. Yeah, and he's going to come on and talk about different paranormal wrestlers. So wrestlers with... What's a paranormal wrestler? wrestlers, Wrestlers with paranormal names. Oh, so I can't. I mean, I don't know a lot about. All I know about is about wrestling is PWG. Oh my god, we love PWG. I don't know any. I don't know any wrestlers like the like the Undertaker, for example. Oh, the Samoan Ghost is another one. So. Bo- oh, that's interesting. Boogeyman, Doink the Clown. So we'll be talking about... <laughs> doink the Clown. Yes. Yeah, so we'll be talking about creepy, creepy WWE stars. So that's all coming on our Patreon soon. Sorry for the delay, but sometimes good things happen to those who wait. <laughs> who wait. Did I already ask you who the patrons were? <laughs> yes, you did. Wow. All right. Yeah. One of those days, baby. Okay, guys. Welcome to the team. Melissa, what is our episode about today? I don't know what it is, so it's going to be a surprise to me. Well, so we got an email a few weeks ago. Maybe it was one week. Mm. Who knows? Time's a flat circle. Time's a flat circle. It says, honk, honk, ladies. I'm a longtime bimbo of web crawlers, and I just realized I should suggest an episode topic after all these years. I grew up in the D.C. area, specifically Wheaton, Maryland. My parents were acquainted with the parents of the Lion Sisters, have you ever heard of the disappearance of Catherine and Sheila Lyon? Okay, crazy synchronicity before we get into that. Uh-oh. There, a documentary about them just popped up on Hulu this morning. Are you serious? No, and I almost watched it this morning while I was cleaning my house. No fucking way. That is, hold on, I have to Google. Hold on. I, I just need to make sure I'm right. Lion's sister's Is it doc- new? Because I didn't see one. Yes. There's the whoa who killed the lion sisters documentary who killed the lion sisters documentary special coming to id and i think it i I think it got released like today that's insane wild (laughs) (laughs) i saw some documentaries but i did not see one on hulu or investigating i saw it on but i also have hulu live so do you I don't know. All right. Anyway, sorry. I, so. I, I digress. I digress. Continue. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah. Okay. So this happened in 1975. 
and the case only recently had some level of closure in 2019. Mm. Um, email says, I guarantee my kids who grew up, or I, I guarantee any kids who grew up in the D.C., Montgomery, Maryland area between 1975 and 1990 can quickly recall this case only because everyone's parents suddenly got super paranoid yeah. during the investigation. Just Google the Lion Sisters. You'll find the whole horrible wormhole. Uh, if you ever do cover the story, I'd respectfully ask you to keep my name anonymous okay with with much appreciation and la la la's anonymous anonymous oh wow well i'm excited yeah the anonymous the anonymous yeah the the anonymous it's not it's natalie portman yes and i found another quick story that i'll talk about at the end that is very sherry papini-esque while looking up kidnappings okay so Catherine and sheila lyon they're age 10 and 12. They were sisters who disappeared without a trace oh God. during a March 25th, 1975 trip to a shopping mall in the Washington, D.C. suburb of Wheaton, Maryland. Mm. They're known as the Lion Sisters, and their case resulted in one of the largest police investigations in Washington metropolitan area history. Oh gosh. And the case remained unsolved for 38 years until 2013, when a team of cold case investigators with the Montgomery County Police made a break in the case. So what happened to these sisters? Let's Let's get get into into it. Okay, the two sisters were born to John and Mary Lyon in Kensington, Maryland. They had an older brother, Jay. Their father, John, was a well-known radio personality at WMAL, a local local radio station. That's my radio voice, Yeah. eh? It's me, John uh, Lyon, with WMAL, Lyon. with the Weather Report. WMAL. Yeah. <laughs> so located a half mile from their home was Wheaton Plaza Shopping Mall, which is now Westfield, Wheaton. Wow. God, Westfield's everywhere. And then on March 25th, 1975, Catherine and Sheila walked to the mall to see the Easter exhibits. Oh. It was their spring vacation, and they were going to have lunch at the Orange Bowl, a pizza restaurant in the mall. Mm. That's no Sabaro. No, no Sabaro. So they left home between 11 a.m. and noon. Their mother told them to come home by 4 p.m. And when they didn't come home by 7 p.m., they called the police. Uh-oh. There was a search. So the timeline was between 11 a.m. and noon, the girls leave. At 1 o'clock, a neighborhood child sees them together outside the Orange Bowl talking to an unidentified man. Uh-oh. At 2 p.m., the, the two girls' older brother sees them at the Orange Bowl eating pizza. And then between 2.30 and 3, a friend sees the girls walking westward down a street near the mall, which would have been one of the most direct routes from the mall to their home. Okay. So assuming they were on their way home. And then at 4 o'clock, the curfew passes that they're supposed to be home. And 7 o'clock, they call the police. And then they the investigation starts. And, like, their disappearance was featured in, like, all sorts of high-profile stories in the national media for months so the police were told by witnesses that the sisters were in the wheaton plaza mall at around one o'clock and then a neighborhood boy saw them together eating talking to an unidentified man who he said was about six feet tall 50 to 60 years old wearing a brown suit brown suit that's insane Is it Paul F. Tompkins? yeah (laughs) (laughs) the man was carrying a briefcase with a tape recorder inside. This is like the what? Se- this is 75. So this is like Okay, I guess that makes more like sense. 70, yeah. Yeah, brown suit. <laughs> yeah, with a briefcase and tape recorder. With bell bottom. Yeah. 
Uh, there were also other children around who were speaking into a microphone he was holding. It was weird. The witness's description of the man led authorities to view the unknown person as the prime suspect in this case. And then they had composite sketches created. So then the police followed up on reports from several people who said they recognized the sketch of the man. They said that a man matching the sketch was seen a few weeks earlier at the Marlowe Heights Shopping Center and at Iverson Mall, both in Prince George County, Maryland. So people are like, yeah, I've seen this dude around at different malls. Yeah, he seems hard to miss if he's in a brown suit with a microphone interviewing <laughs> children. Hey, what are you, what are you yeah. for lunch today, kid? Yeah. These people reported that he had approached several young girls and asked them to read an answering machine message typed on an index card into his handheld microphone. This is the this is the most fucked up thing I've ever heard. <laughs> this is the, this is single handedly. This is this is the most fucked up thing I've ever heard. The police never publicly acknowledged a direct link between these reports and the Lion Sisters' disappearance, though, which is weird. Oh. So after the disappearance, a friend of the Lion Sisters, who was like in their age range, described to detectives how a long haired man at the mall had stared at the girl so long. That she confronted him. I was like, what the fuck are you staring at? Whoa. And so a sketch artist made a drawing based on her description. She said this dude was white, late teens or early 20s, had acne, scars on his left cheek, shabbily dressed. But then that sketch was like, they kind of were like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, We don't think that's real it's who knows interesting and the description from the sister's friend was totally different from that 50 year old man yeah it's a a different person for sure yeah so they're like huh i don't know we don't really know what to do with this so weeks went by their volunteer group groups going through like vacant lots they were just looking everywhere for them and then on may 23rd two months later the Maryland Lieutenant Governor Blair Lee ordered 122 National Guardsmen to participate in a search of a Montgomery County forest for the missing girls, but no trace of the girls was found. Jesus. Nothing. God. So then there's a couple of false leads. So on April 7th, 1975, about two weeks after their disappearance, a witness in Virginia reported seeing the two girls in the rear of a beige 1968 Ford station wagon. Huh. This witness said the girls were bound and gagged in the vehicle. Oh, God. And the driver of the station wagon resembled the man in the, the sketch of the prime suspect. The, the brown suit guy or the acne dude? Yeah, the, the, brown, the brown suit guy. Okay. So the witness further said that when the driver spotted the witness tailing him, he ran a red light. And, like, sped off onto Interstate 66. Shady. And they got the station wagon's license plate with the possible combination of DMT-6. <laughs> this, maybe this guy loved DMT. DMT. Yeah. So the combination was issued in Cumberland, Hagerstown, and Baltimore, Maryland at the time. So they knew that the car was, like, local. Yeah. So this sighting inspired a small army of uh, mobile citizen band CB radio users. Nice. To scour the area, 
but they but no one found anything fuck they they tried to find a, a license plate with the matching numbers but they didn't find anything so the disappearance generated calls from psychics oh, extortionists God. not surprising several phone calls from people claiming to have the girls offering to exchange them for ransom money were made god that's that's the saddest thing about like missing people is when people try to take advantage of other people be like, I have your kids. Give me $500,000. Like, what are you supposed to do? It happens all the time with missing pets. Like my friend, her dog went missing and she got so many calls of like, I have your dog. Like, if you come give me $500, you'll get your dog. And they were all, oh my God. they were all scams. I would lose my mind. You have to be an evil person to do that. That's so awful. Yeah, it's horrible. So yeah, there was one anonymous male caller who's demanded John Lyon, the father, leave a briefcase with with $10,000 inside an Annapolis, Maryland courthouse restroom. So they John put $101 in the briefcase mm-hmm. directed by law enforcement officials because it would make the crime a felony. Oh, interesting. But the briefcase was never claimed. Why also like if you were trying to get a ransom, why would you do it at the courthouse? That's there's so many cops there. Yeah, what are you doing? Yeah, I would like just the courthouse bathroom. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, I would just be a cop <laughs> waiting in the bathroom for someone to pick yeah. up the, the, the briefcase and then arrest them. What a dunce. And then the same anonymous person called John Line later and said that there were too many police around the courthouse. He could not retrieve the ransom. What a and no duh. Yeah, no duh. <laughs> what a loser. <laughs> what a dork. I want to cyber bully that guy. What a, what a schmuck. You're an idiot. You're Meet sh- me at the police station. Yeah. No <laughs> what a fucking loser. So John Lyon said he would have to hear the girl's voices before he would do anything else. Okay, that's smart. And this person never contacted him again. Yeah, it was a scammer. A bad scammer at that. And then Lloyd Welch reported seeing the girls in a man to a mall guard a week after after the disappearance. So he went in, like, gave a statement, but he was given a lie detector test. He failed on most of his answers, and he and his report were disregarded. Oh, God. So this guy came came in a week after and was like, oh, I saw them, but they were like, no, probably not. Jesus. So then there's some suspects. So Fred Howard Coffey was convicted in 1987 for the beating, strangulation, murder, and molestation of a 10-year-old girl in North Carolina. Yikes. And he's serving a life sentence in a North Carolina prison. So the authorities learned that he interviewed for a job in Silver Spring, Maryland, six days after the Lion Sisters vanished. God. Which is, like, close by Wheaton Plaza. But they were never able to, like, connect him to any of the disappearances or anything. So they're like, okay, we have nothing to how this guy on. how was he convicted and convicted in nineteen eighty seven? Oh, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. Okay, and these girls disappeared in seventy five. Copy that. Okay, got it. And then there was Raymond Rudolph Molesky Senior was another suspect. He lived in Maryland, not far from where this mall was, and he had reported seeing a man with a microphone approaching young girls. Oh God. But in, in two years later, he murdered his wife and teenage son in 1977. Uh, and was convicted of the homicides and sentenced to four years in prison. Well, unreliable witness alert. <laughs> yeah, unreliable. <laughs> uh, there was like prison informants tips. 
and he claims to know something about the Lion Sisters. And he ex- he offered to exchange more information for like more favorable for prison conditions. Yeah, I'm sure. But then they've searched his former residence and they found no evidence. And then he ended up dying in 2004. Oh. Now, let's take a quick break for announcements. Webcrawlers has a Patreon. To get access to rewards, bonus episodes, shoutouts, please go to patreon.com slash webcrawlers. You can donate as little as $2 a month to become a patron. Crazy. It's like a cup of coffee. Yes. Also, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you give us a five-star review, we will shout you out and read it. Also, Erios has a hotline. Insert jingle here. 626-604-6262. For the quality, not quantity contest. We've got the longest (laughs) voicemail ever, and no one will ever beat it. Yes. And you know what? That's fine. People loving that voicemail on the Discord. People are into that voicemail. They're like, it wasn't like, you know, long and boring. It was like pretty interesting. And everyone's like, is that guy Australian? Like, it's a mystery. Yeah, they were astonished by the accent work on that. So please continue to call us and we will play them on our mailbag episodes. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Now back to the program. But now back to Lloyd Welch. Lloyd. The guy who a week after claimed he's like, yeah, I saw I saw a guy yeah. talking to him. The same day that the newspapers printed a description 
of the man in the brown suit carrying a briefcase, he returned to the mall and told the security guard he had evidence for the case. So he knew the description already of the person. Huh. So he's like, yeah, I saw that man with a tape recorder talking to two girls and later forcing them in a car. Shit. But like this was because he's read it in the newspaper. Yeah. He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. I saw him. So the investigators went to the mall and then they met Lloyd Welch. They took him to a police station. They interviewed him. They gave him a polygraph test again. And then he failed it. He admitted that he provided false information about witnessing the abduction. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm just, I didn't, yeah, I lied about seeing the abduction. And the police let him go. What is wrong with people? They're like, this guy's a wackadoo. We're just gonna, just gonna leave him, let him go. But that's, isn't it, isn't lying to the cops illegal? Like in a, yeah, providing false information or whatever. Yeah. Weird. They like let him go. And then a one-page report was typed up and placed on top of the transcript of the interview with the word lied written on top. <laughs> lied. Thorough. Wow. <laughs> so then for more than 38 years, the information about Lloyd's possible involvement in the case was accessible only via search of police records. God. So like this wasn't a public thing. This wasn't like Lloyd Welch came in. This was like if you were really searching the case, you had to like look up Lloyd's name. So then like over these years, like 30 years... Like, a bunch of detectives worked on the case, and, like, a bunch of them retired. And the Sergeant Chris Homrock, after years of reviewing, like, all the details, he came across Lloyd Welch's statement. Huh. He's like, oh, what's this? He noticed the mugshot of, of Lloyd roughly matched the police sketch created 38 years ago from that girl who was like, I saw a 20-year-old scraggly acne covered uh oh guy staring at these girls uh oh detective was like why did no one ever look into this yeah so he this detective chris homrock he was like well he at least witnessed the crime for sure because he had described the limp of ray maleski who was another guy oh shit who was there detective homrock he learned that lloyd had since been convicted of child molestation. Come on. So detectives began working from this new angle, and then they did background work, and they were going to interview Lloyd. They're like, this might be the guy. We got to interview him. So in 2013, they had their first interview with Lloyd Welch, and they were worried. They're like, this guy's not going to talk to us. But on the first day... He just talked to them for hours and hours. Oh, this guy's so gross. Like, the first words out of his mouth were, I know why you're here. You're here about those two missing kids. <laughs> like, why That's you so that? creepy. Oh, I know why you're here. It's those two girls. Yeah, those like, two uh, girls yeah. I molested and killed a few years ago, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so after a full day of interrogation, he let slip something that caught the detective's attention. So this this police squad had been working on the assumption that Lloyd had witnessed or possibly assisted in the girl's abduction by a pedophile named Ray Molesky. They're like, okay, he must have had something to do with it. It must be this guy named Ray. And then like at the end of the session, Dave, one of the detectives, made a final stab at getting Lloyd to reveal something. He said, all right, I think we're pretty much done. But what I wanted to ask your opinion only, what do you think Ray Molesky did to those girls? And then Lloyd said, personally, 
He's like, well, my opinion is that he killed them and raped them, and then he probably burned them. I don't know. And then, like, in the other room, the two other detectives looked at each other, and they're like, burned them? Like, no one ever said anything about them being burned. Yeah. Like, why would he say burn? Like, that's unusual. Uh, also, he said that he, he said killed and raped them. So the assumption yeah. is that he killed them first and then had sex with oh, them? Oh, no. Oh, dear. Uh, so he eventually admitted that he helped kidnap the girls, but he said the crime had been planned and carried out by other people in his family. He was First, he said it was his cousin. Then he said it was his uncle. Then he said it was his dad, who he said abused him sexually as a child. So he was just like, well, it was my cousin. No, it was my uncle. Oh, God. No, it's my dad. Fun family. And Lloyd's cousin, Henry Parker, he told detectives in 2014 that in 1975, he met Lloyd at a property in Thaxton, Virginia. Henry said he helped Lloyd remove two army-style duffel bags from Lloyd's vehicle. Each bag weighed about 60 or 70 pounds. Oh, no. And smelled like death. Oh, God. And according to a search warrant, uh, Henry said the bags had been covered in red stains. Come on. And without knowing their contents, he threw the bags into a fire. What did he think were in those bags? Come, I mean. I mean, he probably knew. And just didn't care. Was like, okay. Okay, Lloyd. Lloyd's at it again. So then in February 2014, Lloyd was openly named as a person of interest. And police said Lloyd was 18 years old at the time. Makes sense. And he matched that description from that girl. And he has since has been convicted of rapes in three, in three other states. Oh, my God. So he, yeah. And then a new lead was discovered in September 2014. The police searched the woods of Thaxon, Virginia, and they found a house in Hyattsville, Maryland. They looked around and, like, took some items. That home was Lloyd's parents' house, and he had lived in the basement. Not a surprise. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> and although the evidence was, like, too damaged for DNA, one of the rooms in the basement had significant evidence of blood. Oh, God. They used, uh, lum- what is it, luminol yeah. to, like... And one of the detectives used the word slaughtered to describe the scene. Like, there was just blood everywhere in this room. Jesus Christ. Even, like, 30 years later. So then, in 2015, Lloyd was already in prison, serving a sentence for a child molestation conviction. He was indicted on first-degree felony murder for his involvement in the deaths of Catherine and Sheila Line. He was also charged with abduction with intent to defile... And then the location of any remains of the girls' bodies is still unknown. Oh, God. So sad. But had Lloyd been brought to trial without the girls' bodies entered into evidence, it would have been the long, it would have taken the longest time to have elapsed between a murder and a trial and a bodiless murder conviction. Oh, wow. 38 years. Wow, that's crazy. No bodies. Jesus. So then in September 2017, he eventually pleaded guilty. To two counts of first degree murder oh, for abduction phew. and killing. He received two 48-year sentences and two counts of first degree felony murder. And so he's in jail. 
at least there's some closure for the family, even though, you know, yeah, they haven't seriously. found the bodies, but at least they know now there's a, some sort of resolution. It's a devastating resolution, but oh gosh, yeah, how crazy. Nuts. And then, so I was looking up like kidnapping stats and that's fun. <laughs> and I found this Daily Beast story. Oh, God. Says Sonoma influencer Katie Sorensen charged with false kidnapping claim against the Latino couple Eduardo and Sadie Martinez. And this was just written up in Elle magazine like a few days ago. Ooh, Elle. Yeah. Ooh, la. But I found this article from last year on the Daily Beast. This crazy woman, very Sherry Papini esque. So this woman, Katie, went viral last December after saying a couple who didn't look necessarily clean cut attempted to snatch her kids from a craft store. Oh, no. She went viral uh, in December 2020 after accusing a Latino couple of attempting to kidnap her kids in a Petaluma craft store and has been charged with giving false information to police. So she made this video. Oh, no. And posted it on Twitter. She, she's white? She's white and blonde and blue oh, what are, I knew this was a Karen situation. This is a real Karen situation. Children were the targets of attempted kidnap. That's Katie Sorensen sounding a startling warning on Instagram about strangers trying to grab her kids. And I want to share that story with you in an effort to raise awareness. Sorensen says it happened December 7th at this Michael store in Petaluma as she was shopping with her four-year-old son and one-year-old daughter. She says a man and a woman followed them in the store. The same man had looked at her in the parking lot. She then heard them describing what her kids looked like, possibly to a third person on the phone. I heard them um, talking about the features of my children. Um, but I was totally paralyzed with fear. I, I just couldn't bring myself to say anything they waited in line behind her but Shut then up. followed her into the parking lot after not buying anything that's when she noticed a white van had parked right next to her suv she thought that was strange because she usually parks far from a store entrance not wanting to inconvenience people over the time it takes to load or unload her stroller Shut up. she says the man and woman <laughs> took two steps forward then two steps back two steps back very awkward there is no other explanation as to why they were doing that besides they were just building the courage then the man reached out asked her to grab the stroller but Sorensen saw an older man nearby the gentleman looked at me and his eyes were huge he saw what was going on and i just yelled for help the man and woman took off in the car but that's when another man rushed up to her from behind after apparently getting out of the white van and he kind of acted like he was trying to help me and then just got in the van and drove off. So Winston wishes she had been more assertive. I saw these people. They didn't look necessarily clean cut. Um, I felt uncomfortable around them. And instead of making them uncomfortable with my discomfort, I chose to remain in my discomfort. This mom learned uh, a very important lesson. Child safety advocate Mark Class's daughter Polly was kidnapped in Petaluma and killed in 1993. What she learned was that she does have to trust her feelings, that she does need to be at the ready, and that she does need some kind of a plan of action. Petaluma police tell me they are investigating, but that so far they have no evidence to arrest anyone for attempted kidnapping. The Michael yeah. store had no comment. Even her story just sounds like there were two people behind her and then they decided not to buy anything and then they happened to be parked near her. And because yeah, they were like video, Hispanic, got, she freaked out. Yeah. It got <laughs> 2 million views. 
Oh, my God. She accused, it was Eduardo and Sadie Martinez, who have five kids of their own. Jesus Christ. And she had, she was on Instagram as an account called Motherhood Essentials. I hate. She was like a mom fluencer. I hate mom fluencers. Ugh, mom fluencers. She's like, Monday of this week, my children were targets of attempted kidnapping. Uh, But it happened, and I want to share the story with you in an effort to raise awareness as to what signs to look for and just to encourage parents to be more aware of their surroundings and what's going on around them. So then the police released a CCTV image of the couple and asked for witnesses to come forward. They're like, does anybody know these people? Oh, my God. And then someone sent it to Sadie, was like, uh, is this you? And she's like, yeah, that's me and my husband. And she like went to the police and like she did a press conference. She's like, I couldn't believe it. It's like we're literally guilty of being brown while shopping. Yeah, 100%. And so she said, do you really think it's okay to go online and be racist and make stories up about a family? It's hard enough to be <clears throat> Latin, a Latin family in a white community. Oh, my God. She's like, to get up and go shopping one day and be accused of trying to abduct somebody's children is heartbreaking. Oh. So she said on December 7th, uh, Sadie, who's a mother of five, went with her husband to the Michael's Craft Store. She wanted to buy stuff to complete a nativity scene for her Christmas table. (laughs) This is so sad. So they were like going through the aisles. And Sadie's like, I didn't even notice this like blonde haired, blue eyed mom pushing a double. Yeah, but you're not the center of the world, you dumb bitch. Like, she's like, we didn't know she existed or anything. So Katie's Instagram, Motherhood Essentials, was like this just typical mom blog. She posted about kids, clean beauty, the benefits of CBD. All right. I do like CBD. (laughs) She had 6,000 followers. She was like a verified Amazon influencer. And she launched a collection of baby bibs with sew-in essential oil diffuser pads. I hate her. She was also selling essential oils from doTERRA, which is like the MLM. Okay, yeah. So th- she, she's, this is a Lululemon mom. I, this is. Yeah, she's a Lululemon mom. Yeah. And she would also post stuff like with the hashtag save the children. Well, because I, which is like QAnon. QAnon I was going to say what this is, this is textbook QAnon where they think everyone's a pedophile. Um, so I was looking up like kidnapping stats. I'm like, what are the kidnapping stats? I can't like, wait for the real? police to check your search history and it's going to be like kidnapping stats, <laughs> sex trafficking of children, how to murder someone, <laughs> how to murder someone and get away. Yeah. But apparently kidnapping rarely involves strangers. Yeah. Forcing kids into like white vans. It's probably a lot of custody stuff. Yeah. According to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, there's 29,782 missing children cases, and only 79 were non-family abductions. It's, people are so stu- I remember when I was in elementary school, uh, this girl, her, she was quote-unquote abducted. Her mom took her uh her family was divorced her parents were divorced and her mom took her to another country and uh it was i mean and that's counted as kidnapping yeah um it's any custody disagreement where like they don't drop the kids off in time like that's kidnapping yeah people don't realize that so sadie martinez she started a hashtag prosecute katie 
because she's like, fuck this woman for racial profiling. <laughs> I'm going to start using me. that every time I tweet. <laughs> Prosecute Katie. And then Sadie ended up being appointed to Petaluma's advisory panel on policing and race relations. Fuck yes. This has a happy ending. I love that. Yeah. Hell yeah, Sadie. Yeah. I'm going to uh, appoint Sadie is what I'm actually the hashtagging. Yeah, appoint Sadie. Appoint Sadie. And then, so Katie's Instagram account, Motherhood Essentials, was changed to Motherhood Essentials underscore. <laughs> is she so? Oh, and it's, it's private. God damn it. I added her. Did she accept let you? S- let me see. You're verified, so she probably... No, I'm still... Re- I'm still says requested. Still says Fuck, requested, she hasn't. When so. did you... When did you... Uh, rec- Yesterday. Oh, yeah. Maybe she hasn't... She hasn't logged on yet. But then Katie's mother launched a GoFundMe campaign to raise $50,000 for her daughter's defense case. What a loser. And to date, the GoFundMe has raised $2,300. Are you... S- Oh my god! And her trial is next month. It's in May. We should so we should go gets, to it. <laughs> yeah, let's go to Petaluma. God, to Petaluma. What an idiot! I hate her. What a what a dork. What a dork. What a dork. Well, crazy. That's, those are kidnapping cases. Those are some kidnapping crazy crazies. Those are some kidnapping, kidnapping crazies. crazies. Kidnapping crazies. Um. Melissa, if anyone has any stories like that or or cases, cold cases that finally got solved that they want to tell us about, where can they reach us? You can email us at webcrawlerspod at gmail.com. All right. Well, I am Allie, Amazon influencer Siegel. I am Melissa, essential oil <laughs> influencer Stetton. Yes, you are. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 